Hey guys, my name is Danielle and you are listening to All Stitched Up, Words to Love By. Welcome back to episode three on the word passive. Passivity means death. Activity is living. If you are passive, you are allow negative things to come into your life. That is a quote from every, by Everyday Power. You're going to get off your phone now so we can do this? Uh-huh. Okay, good. The definition of passive is accepting or allowing what happens or what others do without active response or resistance. Passive behavior includes accepting other people's criticisms of you, avoiding conflict no matter what, and rarely contesting others. So this week is Valentine's week, and I thought it would be a great idea to introduce the person who um, I spend most of my time with um, to my podcast, and that is my husband, Josh. How's it going, everybody? Welcome, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> um, so um, the reason I chose Josh to come on for the word passive was because he approached me a couple of weeks ago with um, his feelings on um, how he has felt he's been passive in um, his life and in our marriage and how he realized that it is something that he needs to change and um so go ahead, tell me what um, what God spoke to you in that word a few weeks ago. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it is just, um, it comes down to leadership. And so I always remember you saying to me, like, you're just not leading us right now. Like, I don't feel like you're leading our family. And when you look at it, I wasn't really even leading myself. And so when you're not leading yourself, and you, well, one, you can't lead anyone else, but you, you're in a very passive situation. Like you're not out in front of things. You're just letting things kind of happen and, and kind of go by. And so once I realized like not only do I need to lead my home, but I need to really learn how to lead myself better, um, it really hit me that <clears throat> my passivity is, is one of the things that affects so many things in my life and in my family's life. And so I've been on a, a quest and uh, just really been hungry to learn how to get out of this negative pattern and habit that I've uh, created in my life since I was young. And that's what I've been trying to do. And you've been very helpful um, as I work this out. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, what's funny is that I've never, I've, I, I knew that I wanted you to lead our house, but I didn't ever think of passive as necessarily a word to describe you but when you brought it to my attention it was something that was like oh well that makes sense um so you know we've been married for almost 15 years in June it'll be 15 years we've been together for 17 years and um I think that over the years we've there's been a lot of struggle (laughs) (laughs) um 
So that's putting it kindly. <laughs> yeah. So it's not something that, um, I mean, every marriage has their struggles, but I think we're extra special in that area. <laughs> Super special. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we, we wanted to give a little backstory to how we met and um, our relationship. And so um, that is what we'll start off with before we get into a little bit more of um, what passive, how how learning to, to not be passive has um has created a little bit more of a balance in our marriage and in our life as a whole. All right, so we met um, on January 4th, 2003, and the only reason I really remember that day is because it was my 18th birthday, um, and we met at a party um, at a, a mutual friend's house, and it's kind of funny because I had Josh met me any sooner, he probably would have never even dated me. <laughs> or maybe he would have. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Be kind of creepy. Um, but I wasn't 18. So <laughs> I met him on my 18th birthday. He's five years older than me. So he was 22 at the time, just 10 days away from turning 23. I was still in high school, a senior in high school. And um, we met, um, like I said, at a party. And I remember sitting... Um, on the couch on the armrest and Josh was sitting there and he had a beer in his hand and um I remember saying allegedly to, it, yes and I remember the police actually showed up and um I looked at him and I said you should probably get rid of that beer and he was like why I'm of age I'm fine and I was like oh okay well carry on then and he was like you were like picking at my shirt do you remember that it, I had a shirt on and it was like sparkly and he was like picking at it at like your sleeve. Yeah, let's be clear. Well, yes, at I my was, sleeve. I wasn't creeping okay. that hard. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was it was funny because I just I really do remember that moment, like thinking like Wow, I think that there's something here." And we had only like it was just minutes of like us just like having any kind of contact, and then we the party got broken up because of the police. And so I was going home, and my friend Ashley, who was dating um, one of Josh's friends at the time, um, they sh they were coming over to my house, and I had told Josh that, um, or told Ashley to have his fr her boyfriend's cute friend Josh come over, <laughs> and um, never in a million years thought that he was actually going to come over because he was so much older than me. So I got home and I took off all my makeup, got in my pajamas, and then Ashley and her boyfriend showed up and Josh was there. And Josh, I'll let you take over with what you remember from that night. <laughs> well, I remember you ignoring me and, and sitting as far away from me as physically possible. She had this like big giant couch and then there was this love seat <clears throat> all by itself across the room and you chose to sit in the love seat. And at one point, I remember saying, hey, there's room over here. Why don't you come sit by me? And you're like, nah, I'm good over here. And I was like, oh, okay, this is really weird and awkward. And uh, at one point, I can't remember. I, I think I just went up to go get a glass of water or something. And um, I go and I'm walking into your, your kitchen and I see this family picture up on the wall. And I look and I start laughing. And I, and I tell Danielle, I said, hey, I, I actually know your whole family. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I've hung out with your parents and your sister before at our friend's house. Um, 
which it turns out her sister was dating a guy um, in our high school whose older sister and I were friends. And so it was really, it was really coincidental. It was really funny. Um, but I'd hung out with her parents and I know them somewhat well, not, not really well at that point, but. But you thought my dad was a cop. I, yeah, we thought he was a cop or ATF or something. <laughs> he was a funny dude. And, uh, he still is. He still is. And so, and then I remember looking, you had your computer open and you had your instant messenger list up. And That's my, how long ago it was, instant messenger. Yeah, AIM. Mm-hmm. And I look and my name is in her buddies list. And I'm just sitting here going like, how's my name in your buddy list? Like, this is super weird. Um, and then she proceeds to tell me again, like, oh, I copied my buddy list from this friend. And I was like, oh, okay. Like her older sister and I were friends in high school. And so all these weird like coincidences happen, which is good because you proceeded to not talk to me again for the rest of the night. And so I never got your phone number. I never got any information from you. And, and so without instant messenger, I don't, I don't think we ever would have spoke again. I don't, maybe. Well, I think it's funny because I was, he thinks that I was interested, but I was 18 years old. I was in high school and he was 23 years old, almost 23 I was just a little bit shy and didn't really think that like this was gonna happen. So, so I think that in the word for that night would just be a little intimidating, I guess, because I was a little <laughs> intimidated by the fact that you and I didn't have any makeup on. I was it, anyways. All that aside, go back to that was in January of two thousand three, and the the. Summer before that, um, I had dated another guy for a really long time, and his name was also Josh. And I think that it's funny because I remember going to, um, planning on going to the Del Mar Fair with Ashley and her boyfriend. And I was like, well, I don't want to go alone. Like, you guys, we need to bring somebody else. And her boyfriend was like, oh, well, we can bring my friend Josh. And I was like, nope, I don't need any more Joshes in my <laughs> life right now. Like, that's enough. And so, um, or ever, or yeah. So I thought it was funny because, um, I think back to that and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was this, that was my Josh now. And like, had we met then, like, who knows if we would have ever dated, you know, I I doubt it because I was, he was with in a relationship. I just gotten out of one. And so I wasn't looking for anything like that. So, um, fast forward to six months later, we meet, and um, he left. We were watching Austin Powers that night. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great movie. I still hate that movie. I love that movie. I know. It's such a weird. It's so weird. I love weird movies, though. It's, yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I ended up, I think I fell asleep, right? I fell asleep on the yeah. chair. And then you it left. It was like 2 or 3 in the morning. And then you left and... Um, a couple of days later, I was on Instant Messenger, and he messaged me, or maybe I messaged you first. I think you messaged me first. Okay. Because I was like, this chick's super weird. She <laughs> asked me to come over and then didn't even talk to me, and so, Okay, whatever. we'll go with that. I messaged him, and that was, um, that was probably, like, on January 6th, and then we talked for a long time, just kind of getting to know each other. That evening, and then it's January 7th, um, he asked me if I wanted to go to the movies with him. And um, 
my dad was a really hard one to convince that I <laughs> was going to go on a date with a 23-year-old when I was still a senior in high school. He talks a big game. Yeah. So, um, but somehow it happened, and it was a really awkward date. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Two Weeks Notice, which was also a hor- horrible movie. Yeah, that movie sucked. But um, it was, yeah, it was just awkward to be on a, that was actually my first actual date because anybody that I ever dated before I just knew previously so it was an an actual legit first date and it was my last first date so my first and my last that's right so um, the deal yeah he tied me down (laughs) (laughs) so um so we went uh we start we were dating and um it was well we weren't really dating well there was there was somebody else that you were kind of hanging out with but kind of not hanging out with but kind of hanging out with and so yeah, it was a little messy for a little while, but I I was a senior in high school and I didn't really want a boyfriend, so I was like, yeah, let's hang out, let's like have fun, whatever. But it wasn't something that I would. And then I let's think go to it, the gym. Yeah, we used to, we used to meet at the gym. Um, yeah, we used to hang out actually quite a bit. And then <laughs> when it was, I think it was in March, and um, I think my dad was like, okay, like you need to figure this out. Like you need to start, you know, cause I mean, I'm going to be honest. I was kind of dating someone else and dating Josh at the same time. <laughs> not proud of that, but <laughs> it's just the reality of what, what it was. And so my dad was like, you need to figure out who you want to date. And I suggest you date the older guy. And I was like, Oh, okay. He's coming around to him, which is something that Josh had said originally. Yeah, so originally Josh, I told him, I said, my dad's not going to let me date you. Ha! And he was like, let me talk to him. He's like, I'm good with adults. I can talk to adults. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Cocky. But (laughs) then, yeah, it wasn't long before my dad was like, yeah, you need to date Josh. And my mom was all excited about it because he had a good job. He was able to take care of me. Sort of. He already, well, (laughs) financially. (laughs) Which is funny because the first time that I went to go pick Josh up from his house, I drove to his house, picked him up. He got in the car and he's like, oh, wait, hold on. I have to go take something to the mailbox. So we ran to the mailbox and he came back and I was like, what did you have to put in the mailbox? He's like, oh, I had to pay my car payment. And I was like, you pay bills? Wow. (laughs) That's really cool. (laughs) Not really. I thought it was such a, a big Well, and that's why I kid. let you pay all the bills now. <laughs> I was like, you're so excited about it. So, here. Yeah. Here's, you, all, here's all, this, you, all the bills we you get You provide pay. the money. I just <laughs> thought it was cool enough that you had enough money to pay a bill. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, we dated for, that was, so in March of 2003 was, I think, when we actually made it very official. Like, okay, we're together. This is it. Before you could be Facebook official. Yeah, before we're MySpace official. Well, yeah, we're no, and semester official. None of it. MySpace wasn't even around yet. <laughs> um, but we, um, I, I even kept it from a lot of people at school. Um, I didn't tell people at my school for a long time that I was dating him, just because I, I wasn't embarrassed, obviously, mm-hmm. but I was. I didn't want to be that girl who was like dating an older guy and have that <laughs> reputation. And so I kept it a secret for a long time. Only, like, my close friends knew. 
But um, then I ended up taking my friend. Well, my friend Ali took me to prom because Josh was too old to go to my prom. <laughs> well, and that was also the high school I went to, so it'd be a little embarrassing. Yeah, seeing all my old teachers. Yeah, when I was at, for sure. at prom at. 23 years old. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was just inappropriate for him to be at a prom. So I went with my friend Ollie and um, it was really fun. And it was, it, that was the one thing that I really liked about Josh too, um, starting up with um, dating him was that he was not jealous. He didn't, I had a lot of guy friends and he didn't care. And he was willing to hang out with like all of my friends that I had. He, he wasn't like, oh, I'm too cool to hang out with these high school kids. It was like, I actually got labeled the name fetus from his <laughs> my friends. his friends because they were like, "Oh, you're at a high school event hanging out with the fetus." Like, so um, his he didn't care. His friends were would clown on him, and he was just like, "Whatever." Like, I don't care. He just wanted to hang out with me, which I thought was really cool. So, yeah, I knew early on that you and I had connected, and that there was really something special about you. Yeah. I just wanted to spend time with you. It really wasn't that long until, like, I think it was, like, (laughs) we met in January, and in March, we started really dating, and then we were literally talking about, like, kids and getting married and all that, like, so quickly, and... Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing for me, was it was just like, hey, just a heads up, like, I am older, I, I already know my career, I already know what I'm doing. Like, if you're planning on going to some four-year college and going away for school and doing all this stuff and trying to figure yourself out, like, I'm not, I don't think this is going to work. So, like, what what are your goals? Like, what are you looking at, you know, next couple years life-wise? <clears throat> so I can make sure that, you know, we're not wasting each other's time. Um, and just, you, I think it was perfect because you're like, well, I want to be a hairdresser that's like, here's where the school and that's the career I want. It's what I've always wanted to do and I want to settle down and have a family and kids. And and I was like, awesome. That's, you know, that's exactly what I want as well. So it, it really worked out well. Yeah. I think my, my drive for wanting to be um, married and have kids young just came from my, my history of my heart condition and not knowing, you know, what my future held. And so I just really wanted to find that person and settle down. And I had no interest in going to a four-year college or living that party life that most, you know, young or older teen, young 20s do. So So we started um, talking about marriage pretty early on because of all that. So, um, um, so I want to know, I, I don't think I've ever asked you Uh-oh. this question, <laughs> but um, I wanted to know when you knew for the first time that you wanted to marry me. Oh, when was the first time? Like that exact moment? Well, not the exact, but like what was it about like our relationship or about me that you were like, yeah, I want to marry this girl? It was just so much fun spending time with you. <laughs> I think what was interesting was like, we didn't even really like a lot of the same things, Yeah. but it was, I just enjoyed being around you so much. And I just saw myself being with you from, I mean, really early on. Um, and so, man, trying to nail it down when it's crazy. Like, I feel like 
it was really early on that I was yeah. like, I could totally see myself marrying this girl. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, it was the same for me, too. I felt like it was like almost immediately. Which was scary and exciting at kind of all at the same time. Yeah, it was it was definitely fast paced, but that well, was what I think we did everything even in, with the intention of that being the end goal. Like yeah, and I and and that's one of the things that I think my dad my dad really um, put in my head at a young age was like the whole intention of dating is to find your husband, and so for me it was like if I didn't see myself marrying this person, then I'm not gonna waste my time, and I think that that as I got a little bit older into you know like. 17, 18 years old, I realized like I'm young and dating is great and fun and it's, you know, you get to experience a lot of things, but my whole goal in life was to be a mom and a wife. And so, um, that was one thing that I, I think that that's why I was so, um, ready for that at such a young age, ready in my stupid 20 year old (laughs) mind (laughs) not now what I know but um as ready as I could be and so when we hit that you know couple month mark it was like all right well let's start talking about marriage and it was not even an entire year before you proposed to me you we met in January of 2003 and you proposed to me in December of 2003 so it was 7th Pearl Harbor Day yep and at Disneyland. At Disneyland. Which you were super pissed at me all day. Well, so if, if you listen to my um, <laughs> my podcast from the first one when I lost my license, that <laughs> whole thing played into why I was super mad at him on the day that he proposed to me because I um, I had to go to school and I had my parents and, and Josh were planning on picking me up from school on their way home from L.A. to see my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I had to talk to grandma. <laughs> Which I thought was really weird because I was like, I don't even really have a relationship with my grandma. Why are you going to see my grandma without me? <laughs> and so, um, but they had planned on picking me up on the way back, but it was taking them a long time because they had, they were doing something else. They weren't actually talking to my grandma. And so when um, they weren't able to pick me up, I got really mad because I didn't have a ride. All my friends had left that could give me a ride. So my brother-in-law came and picked me up and then we went home and I jokingly was like they because every time when, when I was younger my parents always would call me like on their way home from LA and when they're passing Disneyland and they'd be like I'm passing your favorite place and so they did that and I was like well be, since you guys weren't here to pick me up like you owe me a trip to Disneyland and they were like perfect we'll go tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea what was coming um the next day after me being a little brat. So I'll let you take over as to what happened that day. <clears throat> yeah. Unbeknownst to Danielle, we were up in LA in the diamond district shopping for, for engagement rings. And I couldn't find, I knew I wanted to get her a heart diamond. Like I'd seen him. We, we actually had gone ring shopping before this. When we went to like Robin's brothers mm-hmm. or something. And so we had friends tell us, like, oh, you got to go to the Diamond District. You'll get a killer deal, and you'll find what you want. And so we went up there, and I couldn't, you know, being a designer, you look the look of things is always top of mind for me. And so 
I saw so many heart-shaped diamonds, but none of them were the right shape, or I didn't like them, or they just weren't right. <clears throat> and so we kept looking, we kept looking, and then finally we got to this place. Um, I think it's called J&M Diamonds up there. And I, you know, we looked, and he, I looked at all this, the stones he had, and uh, I remember him saying like, "Oh, I, I just didn't like the stuff he had," and he was like, "Oh, hold on, I think I, uh, my friend has one," and so he went like through this back door and then came back out and he had this this diamond and I saw it this heart-shaped diamond it was shaped so perfectly and it even had um, one of the inclusions or whatever in it was looked like a hole and Danielle had a hole in her heart when she was born and so I was like oh that's perfect and so that was it and I found my my diamond but it took us forever we were super late coming home and on the way home um, Danielle's mom just couldn't keep her mouth shut about the diamond or engagement. She was talking on the phone with Danielle and was like, oh, hold on, we're getting in the diamond lane and like dropping all these random hints. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna blow it. Cause I, I originally planned on on asking her the next week. Um, How are you gonna ask me? I'm not gonna tell you. No. <laughs> you still haven't told me. I still haven't told her what I was gonna All do. these years later. Um, and so we knew we had to do it quick. And so, um, and I already had plans that next day as well that we were supposed to do some stuff as a family and I had to cancel all that and we had to go when we went to Disneyland and, and that's where at, in Toontown in Mickey and Minnie's house, um, I got down on my knee and asked you to marry me. Yeah. I was really mad that morning though still because they <laughs> left me at mad. school <laughs> and I didn't have a ride and I was super mad and then... Big we got, stink eye. And we got to Disneyland and... Pouting the whole ride there. I was. I was a pain. <laughs> but the, but when I hear other people share their stories, they're like, yeah, I was kind of a pain on my... The day that I was proposed to, like... Because the guys act super weird. Like, you guys are obviously nervous, so you right. act super weird. Yeah. Which intensified my anger because even when you came home... Remember <laughs> that night when you came home... And you laid next to me, and I was like, "You stink! Like you smell like oh, you've yeah. been sweating all day." That's right. And he was like, "Oh well, I just was really nervous to meet your grandma, so I think I've been sweating all day." And I <laughs> was right. like, "That's yeah, really I had coffee weird. and was just sweating out super sweet bo." All <laughs> I day. was like, "You stink!" So then the next day when we showed up there, and um, we when we first got there, my parents were like, "Oh, we're gonna go put all our stuff in the lockers. We'll meet you guys." um somewhere in a little bit and and so we went to this little it was like the arcade area i don't think they have it anymore no there it was in uh, downtown no no it, not down main street yeah and so we were like i was playing this game and josh comes up and he goes your mom and dad just called me they they need us to meet them somewhere and i'm like well i'm in the middle of a game and he's like no we need to go right now and i'm <laughs> like are you serious we're at disneyland like why are Chill. we in a time crunch like and he's like, we need to go right now. And so then I was even more pissed because he made me stop playing my game. <laughs> so then we walked over. Who know you like video games so much. Well, I did. And I was just don't like <laughs> being told I have to stop doing something <laughs> at Disneyland. Yeah, that's true. So we um, we start walking over to Toontown and we, pull, we walk up to um, Mickey's house. And I see my parents sitting there. But then this person approaches us that works there and is like, hey, do you guys want to um, meet Mickey? And I was like, are we being punked right now? Like, what is going on? And this is when, like, Ashton Kutcher had his punked show. 
And I'm like, what's going on? Like, they don't just approach people for this kind of stuff. Like, something weird is going on right now. So when we, um, they asked us to come into to Mickey's house. And so we're walking into Mickey's house. And um, it was me and my parents, and my sister, sister and her boyfriend, who is now her husband. And we walked into there and they're like, oh, let's take a picture. And Mickey and Minnie were both in there. And so they're like arranging us to like be in a position. And I'm like facing away from Josh. And all of a sudden, like, they're like, okay, say cheese. And I turn around. And Josh is on his knee. And, like, I don't remember anything that he said. <laughs> I don't remember any. I just remember because when we first went to Robbins Brothers to pick out a ring, we picked out a ring that was half the size of what you got me. And so all I could think was, like, that ring is really big and pretty. And, oh, my gosh, like, I couldn't stop staring at the ring. And then my dad was like, I didn't hear, like, anything and like i'm like i didn't even hear a question so (laughs) so um but yes here we are 17 years later or 15 years 16 years later and i i said yes um and then my dad he just was like you know i really want um to make sure that you guys think this through and are do it the right way and I had just start. I had been in beauty school for a couple of months already, but I wanted to be working before we got married. So we had a year and a half engagement. So it was a really long engagement. Um, well, and we were getting married at Disneyland. So yeah. So that was another thing is that we were, which I didn't even know that they were, did Dis- weddings at Disneyland, and then we went to the wedding coordinating building in downtown Disney that same day, and we've discovered all the amazing ways you can get married at Disneyland. Oh yeah. You can and, go as big as you want. And it was overwhelming, but, um, you know, I had said since I was five years old that I wanted to get married to Disneyland. So that was kind of a deal breaker for any guy I ever dated. It was like, how do you feel about getting married to Disneyland? <laughs> so Josh took it a little extra step and he proposed to me there. I wish they would have had Star Wars land there at the time. And then we could have like R two D two in the wedding or something. Oh yeah, because those are my favorite characters. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, you were part of the wedding too. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> A little part. I had the Cinderella carriage, like the whole nine yards. It was amazing. Dove release. And and because we were so young, we had um, ten bridesmaids <laughs> and ten groomsmen. So How many people came to the wedding? Like we 200. invited 250 people and 250 people plus some wedding crashers <laughs> yes, there was definitely some wedding showed crashers, up to so. our wedding. So we had a lot of people at our wedding. We had the um, best DJ. It our, was insane. Our DJ was amazing. Disneyland put their, that DJ on retainer after our wedding. Yeah. He shut the place down. Yeah. We it, got to stay in the honeymoon suite at the Disneyland Hotel overlooking downtown Disney, which was yes, super rad. which was his mom's doing which was amazing yes, that was really cool um but yeah it was a really fun wedding and even people to this day still are like your wedding was so amazing and so i even remember at one point my dad before he was like are you sure you want to um get married at disneyland like i could give you that money and you could use it as a down payment for a house and my words were i'm only getting married once so <laughs> I have the rest of my life to buy a house. And so I'm like, well, we could use that money right now. <laughs> but, that would be nice. No, but 
it, I wouldn't. That was a great day. But it was a it was an amazing wedding, and so, um, so but the funny thing about our wedding is when we got back. So we went on our honeymoon. Um, we went on a cruise in the Caribbean, <laughs> and that was kind of it was kind of weird on the cruise just because we were really getting to know each other like as like living together and so that was like it we got like a a dose of intimacy yeah we got (laughs) we got that glimpse of like what this looks like and um at one point I remember Josh being frustrated because he was tired and the bed was hard and they actually put two beds together to make one bed with a seam in the middle and I remember at one point thinking, oh, no, what did I marry? <laughs> He's really mad right now. This is not good. But we slept for, like, probably three days straight on that cruise. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we got a lot of sleep on our cruise. But um, we also – we had a lot of fun. It was – it's kind of hard to remember that long ago. But um, what I do remember is when we got back from our honeymoon – and he was, you were working at um, Quicksilver at the time, and that was in Huntington Beach. So we live in Escondido, and he was tr- commuting to Huntington Beach every day. But one of his coworkers um, got him, um, introduced him to the, the video game Wor- World of Warcraft. Yeah. And if you don't know what that is, be thankful. But if you do know what it is, you know what a time sucker it is. So um, Josh had a 40-hour-a-week job on top of a 40-hour-a-week video addiction. At least 40 hours a week <laughs> playing World of Warcraft. He would um, even rearrange his work schedule so that he could be home at a certain time so he can play with people on the East Coast. I was on the East Coast Raiding Guild, so... Yeah. We had our own voiceover IP server, and so we, were, we were pretty hardcore. It was really important that he was home by, like, 3 o'clock every day so he could get on. And Not every day. It was only Tuesdays and Thursdays. Those were our raiding nights. Had yeah. to do Molten Core and Blackwing Lair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get those on farm. Get all the gear. It was really important. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I spent many nights going to bed by myself. Oh, and um, many Going nights, to the gym by yourself, and many nights eating dinner by myself mm. at the kitchen table. So but I invited you to sit by me and eat dinner with me. That was really <laughs> nice of you. Yeah, but yeah, it was something that was um, like kind of a bait and switch. Yeah, like, it was I'm like sure it was you a bit of a bummer. Reeled me in, and then was like, "Oh, sweet, I got you now." So now I'm gonna do whatever I want. So. I thought I just had like a sweet live-in roommate that <laughs> I got to snuggle with at night. Well, we didn't even do that. Yeah. Raiding got in the way of some <laughs> snuggle time. Yeah. So we um, had a really rough first year. It was year. pretty brutal. <laughs> it was really bad. Oh, thankfully. I'm glad you can laugh about it now. Well, and I think we... this is the first time I've ever heard you <laughs> laugh about it when you talked about it. Yeah. I mean, I think I've done some healing since then. Yeah. But, um, and we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. So yes. that was really, really difficult for us to be, me to be like, I remember a couple times I left and went and sat at the, in my car at the beach and just like cried and was like, 
what did I do? Why did I do this? Why did I marry him? I made a mistake. But um, but I what what I think helped me push through it was the fact that my parents um, I I watched them, um, you know they they fought not like crazy but you know they had health their healthy um, amount of arguments and stuff in front of me and. I just saw that, you know, no matter what, they pushed through and they stayed married and stuck it out. And so that was something that I was like, okay, this is normal to have this kind of these like fights, but they were, they were pretty bad. Like we were on completely different pages. Well, Um, I think that's where this passivity word comes into play. Like I was very passive. It was like, look, I do my thing. You do your thing. We connect every once in a while. It'll be good. And it was just like, I was, I, I, a lot of things I did in my life was very passive. You know, I was passive at work. I was passive at home. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't leading myself in any way. I had no direction. I knew I wanted to grow in my career. I didn't know how to be a husband. I'd never seen it modeled well in my life. Right. Um, and so I just kind of, rolled with it. I'm just like, Oh, we'll figure it out as we go. And, uh, didn't really work hard to understand what it meant. Didn't seek out mentors. And I mean, I was just so, fo- I feel like I was so focused on growing my career at the time. And like, that's what a husband does is like, I'm just going to grind at this career thing and make us more money and she'll be happy and everything will be good. Um, all the meanwhile, like just, I mean, especially working in Orange County, like just leaving you every day an hour and a half away to just kind of do your thing. Yeah, and so leaving you there, going to work, really just trying to advance my career. And I I mean, I think at the time, those are the only things I felt like I was good at. And so those were, I get really intensely focused Like, Mm -hmm. even before we got married, when I knew about this World of Warcraft stuff, I'd been, like, researching, like, what character I wanted to be and what, like, the upsides and downsides and how to grind this thing out. And so, come, like, a year later after doing that, and you were gone, I think you were in Seattle Mm -hmm. um, for a work trip, and uh, I was... I was at home. I was alone. I was so stoked because I was like, oh, I could just raid all weekend and she's not even going to be here to bother me and get mad at me. And uh, one night I, I watched The Last Samurai of all movies. And for whatever reason, I think I always loved like, I'm a freak for like samurai stuff. And so um, I watched that movie and, and I saw this guy not just Tom Cruise in that movie, but just the idea of the samurai and how they dedicate their lives um, to the per- the dedication of perfection in what they do. And I'm looking at everything, and I'm looking at my life, and I'm looking at what I'm doing playing video games, and how much time I'm spending, and I'm going, is this really what I want to dedicate? Like, what I'm perfecting in my life is playing a stupid video game that tomorrow is going to be gone and worthless and have no value? Or do I really want to, you know, do I really want to look back and be like, oh, I was really good at this stupid video game spending all this time. I looked at it and I'm just like, man, if I even spent half this time pursuing anything that I love, art, 
skateboarding, whatever, stuff that's tangible, stuff that actually makes sense. Being a better husband, like having growing and increasing my faith, like doing something that's of value instead of playing this stupid video game, how much better would my life be? Because it obviously wasn't great. Like I had these, uh, you know, as guys, we like to achieve things, we like to conquer things. And so that feels good in the moment. And the way they created the reward system in that game, it definitely fulfills those fantasies and, and things like that. But in the end, it's all meaningless. It's all worth nothing. And so um, when Danielle was coming home, uh, that I think it was Sunday, I was like, oh, I'm going to surprise her and I'm going to get some flowers. I'm going to pick her up at the airport. Like I got to stop being such a knucklehead. Like, I really got to show this girl that I love her and I really need to start treating her better and, and focusing on her and stop being so selfish. And so I went to the airport, I had flowers, and I think you were pretty surprised when you saw me show up. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing here? Because I had already arranged for, I mean, I arranged for a ride for the very reason I was like, oh, he's going to want to be like busy, like playing his video game until I get home. And so... That was kind of actually like, now that I think about it, kind of passive on my end too. It was just like, okay, well, that's what he's going to do. So I might as well, when in reality, it should have been like, um, you're not doing anything like working. You should pick me up from the airport. But um, yeah, I remember seeing you and being like, what are you doing here? And why aren't you playing your game? <laughs> and you were like, well, I decided I needed to quit playing. And I was like, well, you don't have to quit. Like that's silly. Like, just don't play it as much. And you were like, no, I, I can't not play it a lot. If I'm going to play it, I'm going to play it a lot. So I need to s just not play it. And so, um, I was like, okay, well, if that works for you. And it was literally like two days later that I found out that I was pregnant with Gunner. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it was just really perfect timing because I was like, Oh, well, now we have something that's about to take up a lot more of our time that you won't have time for that. And so um, we got pregnant with Gunner and things got a little bit better, I think, after that. Like we were a yeah. little bit more connected and not as um, I didn't feel, I guess, as lonely going to bed every night. <laughs> um, we were getting more involved at church. We were doing a little bit more things, but we were. Yeah. I, I mean, we still were so clueless as to what it it what it means to be intimate, like, yeah. and not. I think when people think the word intimate, they think you know sexually, Sexual, but that yeah. is like that's only one layer of of intimacy. I just I've read a book recently called The Seven Levels of Intimacy, which is amazing. If you haven't read it, by the way, um, and it outlines like we're we're intimate in people in so many different ways. Um, and we choose to be um, what level th that we are going to be intimate with that person. And for me, just with how like all the things that have happened to me in my life, looking back now, like I realized like I had put almost every single person in my life on this like first or second, maybe third le layer level of uh, intimacy um, and really just kept so many people at arm's length Um because I was just always waiting for people to either disappoint me or hurt me or let me down. And um, once they did, it was kind of like, oh, I'm just going to start putting these walls up. And I mean, that that even happened between you and I. You yeah. Know? And so 
it's it's been a long long journey to break all those walls down not just between me and you but like even me and and myself and my own personal journey and so that's been a, a lot of i think i mean these last couple of years of one of the biggest things i've i've been working on yeah matrix nice yeah i think um that I remember, I kind of remember that there was a moment in our early on in our marriage where I felt like you had written me off as like mm. just one of those people in your life that you're just like, well, you hurt me or you like, so screw you, like, you know, and it took a long time, I think just into up until like, maybe the last year or two to where I actually felt like that wasn't the case. Like I started breaking that wall down yeah, and letting you Because in. I think you, even though you um, had, you know, we made that commitment to be married, I think you still kind of had like an arm's length with me because you were like, eh, do you really have my best interest at, right. at heart? Can I really trust you? Are you, yeah. are you just going to be like everyone else and hurt me? Right. Which is, I mean, we're all people. We all... We hurt each other because right. we're not all the same. And so it's so, kind of ridiculous to have that. Yeah, but it, it was something idea. that because of your childhood hurts, like right. you had that feeling towards me. And then over time, I really felt that. And so I felt like I was not a priority. I felt like I was not like your first like go-to person. I felt like I was just kind of... You knew that I felt like you didn't have my back and that hurt you a lot yeah because that was always my number one goal was to make sure that you felt like I was there for you and I think but going back I think that and we've realized we've discovered this that you were unable to see how much I loved and cared about you because you didn't love and care about yourself right absolutely and so until you actually took ownership over yourself and was like, I need to love myself. Right. Then you were like, cause you would say stuff to me like, Oh, you made me feel so special or like, Oh, I feel so loved by you. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything different. <laughs> the only thing that's different right. is that you see yourself in a different light than what you saw yourself before. And, and then that's just a reflection of like what you're seeing. Like right. you're seeing me loving you because you're seeing yourself as lovable. Right. And I remember I remember the first time that really clicked in my head was listening to a message. I forget who it was. Um, But the verse came up that love your neighbor as yourself. And I remember thinking like, well, then I don't really need to love my neighbor that well because I don't even like myself (laughs) that much. Uh, Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it was like, I mean, there's that passive thing again. Like I was even passive with how I felt about myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was just like, okay, well. I don't even really care about myself all that much. And I don't think other people do either. So that affected the way I treated other people, you Mm -hmm. know? And I remember having that realization and going, Oh man, like I need to really dig into this and, and look into this and, and start to realize like who I am and, and what makes me tick and, and how to love myself and even just like myself. I mean, in that moment, um, and that t- that's that was a l- been a long journey. It has been. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean I think that the one thing that has kept me 
like continuously fighting for us is that I do see the like the gold in you and it was frustrating for years and years because you weren't seeing the gold in yourself. The only thing that you saw was the paycheck that you brought home or the right. the like ab- your ability to create things for other people and it's like there's so much there was so much more to to you than that for me. And I've told you time and time again, like, we could live in a freaking shoebox for all I care. (laughs) Right. Like, if you are providing for me emotionally and being a leader of my family, that's all I need. I don't need materialistic things. I've never been a materialistic type of person. And if you're looking for that to to take care of someone who's like that, then you married the wrong person because (laughs) that's not what I want. And um, it's taken a long time for us to... To, I think, um, really trust each other's, like, motive in this marriage, you right. know? Like, I think that there's been so many blockages that have kept us from fully trusting each other with each other's heart because we, right. we've both been hurt um, multiple times by different family members and by each other. So... Yes, yeah, so we were, we've we always tried, well, we started off our marriage just trying to figure out what that looked like and who we were. I mean, I was 20 years old. You were 25. We were still very, very young. Right. And then we threw a baby in there. Yeah. And That'll fix it. Right? That's yeah. what I thought. We needed somebody to have our backs. That's so what I thought. I was like, have our back, right? Our marriage sucks. Let's have a baby. <laughs> it fixes things. Everyone we know that has babies are super happy. <laughs> <laughs> sorry we love you gunner <laughs> um so we do. we do love you gunner so yeah we had gunner and um Which i was, was awesome. i was 22 years old and so fun fact uh before we even got married i talked to danielle and i said hey just a heads up if we get married and we have kids and we have a boy his name is going to be gunner and you were not on board with that at first. I wasn't. I was like, Gunner. I'm like, that sounds Especially, like- I think, when I told you where I got it from. You're like, well, where did you even get that name from? And I was like, it's in the Mighty Ducks, which is awesome. And I was like, well, it sounds like a dog name, first <laughs> of all. Um, and then my mom was so ex- – and then so when we found out we were pregnant with him, um, we didn't even – actually, we didn't even know we were pregnant with a boy. But my mom only had a boy and a girl. Or, I mean, a girl, two girls, no boys. So she was just like, oh, you have to have a boy. Like, I want you to have a boy. And so she caught wind of Josh wanting to name him Gunner, and she liked the name. And so then she started calling my belly Gunner. And I was like, that's going to be one confused little girl if you keep calling her Gunner. (laughs) And then um, when we found out it was a boy, I was like, all right, well, I guess his name's Gunner. And it wasn't until even after we had him that we – found out the meaning of gunner was um warrior it was warrior of god right yeah and i was like that is a perfect fit for him and like um and he's just i just can't even imagine him being anything else like named anything else he's a perfect gunner right so um yeah we we had gunner and um he was just like the center of like our world our whole family like my family your family he was the first baby in the family. Yeah. And we had our niece came um, three weeks after Gunner. So they're three weeks apart. Um, but he was, you know, just such a special, like, little blessing little to our family. And um, we just, 
I think it did. It did definitely like bind us together a little bit more yeah, with him. For sure. Um, but it was still there. Was still a lot of there. There's one thing in our marriage that has been in our marriage from the beginning, but that's going to be another topic for us to talk about. <laughs> it's a little heavier. Um, but so going fast forwarding to um, you know having Gunner and then us you know, having Grayson, um, our daughter who was born two a little two two and some change years after Gunner. Um, that was another a whole nother um situation where we just some things have had come out and so our marriage has been just like I feel like I feel like, you know, like my my first podcast about being uncomfortable and not growing unless you're like uncomfortable. Our marriage has just been one giant growth. Right. Like it's kind of like, let's just do this and then we'll figure it out as we go. I think that that's what it was. Like <laughs> I was so in love with the idea of getting married and I was just like, I don't care what it looks like. Let's just do this and we'll figure it out as we go. And we've just been peeling layers back and year after we year. We literally year. have been like, our we'll find head. happiness like later. Yeah, I mean it's. But coming. that's what they say, you know. It's like coming. marriage isn't for your happiness; it's for your holiness. And so, right, we've right. been super holy this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pat, if you're listening. Holy, like holes. We have lots of holes. In we this. have lots of holes. That's good. Yeah, yeah. we're going. We're patching those up as yeah. we go. Yeah, we're in triage. Yeah. Yeah. We actually. We were in the ICU for a long time. We were. And yeah. we're, we're getting better. We went from triage to ICU to now I think we're back like on the like We got the we got the breathing tubes out and we're not intubated anymore. We're extubated. Yeah, we're, we're extubated. not diaphoretic or tachycardic. <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> we're surviving now. It, it's gonna stop. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we're alive. Our marriage is alive. It is. And it's going. We got a good pulse. We got a good pulse right now. We're in rehab. We're, <laughs> we're uh, what is, what is that? Um, where, where somebody helps you. Resuscitated? No. <laughs> like, like you're learning to walk again. Oh, rehab. And not rehab though. Oh, uh, physical, therapy. physical therapy. Yeah, we're in physical yeah. therapy. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. <clears throat> so. We've got. Amazing people around us that are helping us learn to walk again. Yeah. To start running together, which has been For awesome. Sure. But it's, but I don't think that the, the word passive would have come to you. Um, had, I mean, even in the last six months of our marriage, right. we've had so much growth and so many things happen. Like even if but I can just because be, of the struggle, if I could, pain. if I could be brutally honest, with everybody um back in august um i had told josh that i wanted a divorce and there was there's reasons behind it that we again we're not going to go into right now because it's something it's a heavy topic that we will talk about but right now i just want to kind of paint a picture of the last six months for us that has been just strictly like us digging in to our own selves and figuring out how to be a better version of ourselves so that we can actually be a better team. Right. And I think that that's been, um, it's been really, I think we've both had a lot of healing from it. Um, along with 
a little, a few ten- temper tantrums from myself. Like I think I threw a towel at you, right, one time. Was it a towel? It was a towel. Yeah. Oh it was, no, it was like a beach, like a big towel. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like <laughs> literally were, really throwing pissed. a tantrum and threw a towel at him. Like I mean, at least it wasn't like a brick or something. But I think I said something stupid though, so I deserved a towel. <laughs> it wasn't like throwing the towel. Like this fight's over. It was more like I was throwing in the towel. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm done with you. <laughs> Throwing in the towel. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, we've had some like massive growth. But I don't think that had had that whole incident happened in August where I was completely done. I don't think that it would have led us to this this road of like where if we'd gone any differently, you've discovered right. like I'm without it. you really because I mean we've talked about that before like oh we've, we've had plenty of conversations we've, before. we've thrown the d word out many times mm-hmm. and um but that night i i knew i knew it was real yeah and i knew i knew it was one of those last samurai moments where it was like okay like what am i doing and um i think that that night alone is a whole podcast in and of itself. oh for sure it was uh it was a powerful night for sure and yeah. it was something that I'm thankful for that God allowed me to witness what I witnessed because um, it gave it's given me hope in that like God He's been in this the whole time and yeah. like we just haven't focused our time or we've been passive we haven't him. looked at Him and yeah we've been passive with with God and so um, so then when you you know discovered that you've been passive like there's been a lot of things that have come about that like we've had to have really hard conversations with family members and we've had to um, talk to people in our life and we've had to set boundaries. Right. When you're passive all the time and people can just walk all over you, it, it makes it really difficult when you're coming out of that and you start telling people no and you start, you start being not passive and being more proactive and more like, Hey, this is what's going to happen now is a, is a lot of people don't, they don't necessarily like it when you do that. Well, I think because with passivity, there is a lack of boundaries. Right. And so then when you start creating boundaries, the people that took advantage of your lack of boundaries before, they get real upset because they're like, wait, what? I can't just do that I can't do this anymore. And (laughs) we're not like, well, you're you're telling me that what I'm doing. And it's nothing against anybody the way that they were doing it. It's the total lack of how we were doing things on our part. It was our issue because we had not – we had not – created those before we hadn't made those choices and so we've created other we've created habits for other people right um yeah so one of the best pieces of advice that i could give to um any young person married or not or um you know any anybody that just needs this bit of about boundaries is um be careful how you allow others to treat you because um you're teaching them or be careful what you accept from others and the way that they treat you because that's how you're 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 training, you're training. them yeah. how to behave towards you and treat you and so that was something that we've um we've we've struggled with and with both of us being the the babies of the family we struggled with it even more right and so um that has become something that has been eye opening to us and it's just like well we have to we have to set our own foundation for what we want 
um, for our lives and for our family. Um, because if we let other people do it, then it goes back to the, um, the quote, passiv- passivity means death, Activ- activity is living. If you are passive, you allow negative things to come into your life. And I think that that just sums up our entire life of like one negative thing after another has come into our life because we haven't had boundaries and we have been passive in allowing um, life to just happen without us stopping things that we needed to stop a long time ago. Yeah, I think uh, the great public enemy summed it up best where it says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah, I think, um, wasn't there a singer that said that? Wasn't it like... Public Enemy is, is they sing. They're a hip, hip, hip-hop group. Hip-hop? Hip-hop Anonymous? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a great, it's it's true. Like, if you don't know who you are, right. and you don't stand up for who you are, and you don't you don't know the direction you're going in, you know, yeah. you'll, you'll fall for anything. You'll do whatever anyone says. Right. And we've done that. Right. So many times. Right. Even to the point where, like, we've just gotten, we're, I think we're, like, when we would get, like, advice from people, we would just be, like, like oh, a we got a sailboat with no rudder. Yeah, like, oh, we got to try this, and oh, we got to do this, right. or oh, and then when it didn't work, then we'd be, like, well, that person didn't know what they were talking about. Right, and it, maybe it worked for them, but right. it didn't work for us. It didn't. And that's the thing that we, we've learned is that, like, the way that my parents raised me and the way that they live their life now and the way that your parents live and raise you we're learning like it's not how we're doing things and so it's it looks a little different for um for us and and that's great because you know I our parents were great parents and they did the really best that they could with what were they were giving right but who doesn't want their kids to be better than they do. So like, I absolutely want our kids to be better. Right. And they I better f- be freaking better parents than us. <laughs> what? Were you saying that like, we're bad parents? We're bad parents. No, nah, we're not bad parents. <laughs> we're not the best parents, but <laughs> we're pretty good. We just got lucky. We have good kids. We're our learning. kids are great. We have kids. amazing kids. But, um, but so far, um, we just, yeah, I think the passive um, passivi- passivity is something that needs to be dead in everybody's life and learning to say no, um, which has always been hard for me because I'm a people pleaser and I am afraid too, of, yeah. pe- of hurting people's feelings. And I'm afraid of conflict. Yeah, and I'm afraid of making other people um, upset, but in the reality... And this is one thing, too, that we've both done is that when we don't sac- when we sacrifice our own feelings for someone else's security or like happiness, then that just is like piling on. Right. It's never going away. It's like I'm still suffering because I am sacrificing my feelings. Like, why are other people's feelings more important than my feelings? Um, Right. And it's not a, it's not a selfish thing. No, it's not. And that was what it took a long time for me to realize, like being assertive and not being passive and making sure that I say no is not being selfish. Right. It's being selfishness is not looking out for others. 
right? Like not being a servant to other people. Yeah, so I mean, being being selfish means you're you're only out for yourself in all things, right? Whereas knowing yourself and knowing who you are and what your value is is completely different. And that's where that's what you serve people out of. Like if you don't know your value and you don't know your worth, then how can you give anything to anyone else? Mm-hmm. Right? And the greatest thing you can do as a as a person, as a human being, is give to others, right? In service or in, in any way, right? Like mm-hmm. we give ourselves emotionally, we give ourselves physically, we give ourselves um, through many different things. And so selfishness is, is not giving anyone else anything, but only looking at what you can receive. Um, and so that's being, not being passive isn't being selfish. It's, it's knowing yourself like, right. It's know thyself is, is a huge thing. And so if you don't know yourself, then you're, you're always going to be passive because you're going to let everyone else tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. So you first have to know yourself and you have to know who you are and, and what your value is. Um, and out of that, you can serve others, you can give, and, and that's where you find your biggest fulfillment in life, you know, especially in a relationship, um, as close as this, it's like, I want to serve you. I want to, I want to know how to make your day better because if I'm doing that and that's something that, that I, that I get joy out of, then you're also going to have joy because you're like, Oh, he's really cares about me. He's serving me. This is so awesome. And I'm serving him. And so then I'm getting joy and fulfillment from that as well. Um, it's, it's so symbiotic and so perfect. Whereas when we're sitting here going like, well, why is she not doing this for mm-hmm. me? Or, or what, why, why can't she do, you know, it's just like, we have to start. That's the part where it's like, then you just become passive, right? Because you're like, well, she's not doing this for me, so I'm just not going to do anything. Right. Right. And so that's where I think that the, the impetus of where all this stuff comes from is in selfishness, right? Well, mm-hmm. well, they're not doing this for me, so I'm just not going to do anything for them. And, and I'm just not going to do much of anything. Right. You know? Even for myself. Yeah, right. And well, and I think that that was one thing that you said to me when you told me that you did this like devotional on being passive was you discovered that actually being passive is being selfish. Well, it is a sin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so like we think that by not being passive – we are being selfish because we're not letting other people get what they want. Well, I thought but, I was being a peacemaker. Right. Like I'm just right. going to let these things go because I don't want to make waves. I don't want to cause problems. But inside I was hurting because I was like, this sucks. Like, I don't like any of this. Yeah. But, but it's whatever, you know, I'll martyr myself, right. Be, a, be the victim. I mean, I think that's part of it is you're, you become the victim of like, mm-hmm. well, I'm just going to let these things happen because this stuff always happens. And, and that's just the way it is. Right. And then that's when you realize like, man, you got to step out of that crap and realize like the best thing to get out of being a victim is to become the victor and be the leader in your own life. Right. Because that's how then you become engaging. That's how you can serve, right? If you can't lead yourself and you can't even serve yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a very basic thing, like serving yourself. Yeah. Like feeding yourself. Um, taking care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, you know, emotionally, relationally. Um, that's, that's now taking the leadership role in your life. And from that is where you find the power to then be able to help other people. Cause if you can't even do that for yourself, right? Like how can you expect to do that for anyone else? 
mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I found that even, um, like in parenting, like we both have experienced right. this when we're not, um, when our cups are not full, like <laughs> how crappy our parenting can be. Right. And how, how can you overflow on your how, kids? Yeah. How little our kids, um, like get from us when we're, when we're empty. And so making sure that we're continuously like filling ourselves to a capacity of, of just unconditional love because you can't, you can't love like another like thing is when you're passive, as you, you become more and more passive, you become more and more bitter. And then how do you love the person that you become more and more empty too? Yeah. And you can't love on an empty tank and you can't love when you're bitter. All right. So we, <laughs> we knew this was going to be a long one, but we didn't realize it was going to be this long and we could probably keep going on for longer and longer. Oh, we have a lot more in the future that we'll be sharing with you guys because, um, like we said, we have a special kind of marriage where <laughs> just struggles have come our way because we've been passive. But I wanted to, um, hear from you Josh like what what areas of your life do you feel like being passive um has really in the past affected your growth and where have you seen it really um grow since deciding to not be a passive person sure I I think man I could see you before when I was so passive and I could tell that there was there wasn't a whole lot of enjoyment out mm-hmm. of life. Like there was no fulfillment. I was just doing things for others, or I was doing things to try and have someone else tell me my worth, right? Yeah. And so because of that, it, there was emptiness in all of it. And so now, I I I mean, even these last few months, I just feel so much more joyful and happy and just grateful. I think grateful is a, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're no longer passive about your own life, you're grateful for everything that you have, right? Because then you realize, like, I'm not a victim. Like, I I have so I've been given so much, and I and there's so much to be grateful for. When you're actually leading and you're 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 really taking the time to um, look back and and really reflect. Um, I love med- I mean, I've started doing meditation in this last year and doing that has given me like just the joy, that reflection. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in that reflection, you know, when you're, when you're not being passive about your life, you're purposeful, mm-hmm. right? And so, and that, that's in how you feed yourself, not just, um, physically like food wise but like mentally like what are the things i'm taking in am i reading am i learning um am i taking the time for my mental health by doing meditation am i eating the right things to so i feel well enough am i getting enough sleep am i am i you know do i have friends like am i reaching out to people am i building relationships right like that's those aren't passive pursuits those are you have to be very active in doing those especially when you're an adult man it's like so much harder um to create relationships and and nurture relationships and so like when you when you go from being passive and being a victim to then leading and becoming active 
you find so much more fulfillment in life mm -hmm. because you're you're doing the right things for your body, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you know, relationally. Um, you're actively pursuing these things. And so out of that, you find fulfillment because then people are actually actively engaging with you at the same time. And so it's a, it's a huge snowball. And I, I just have felt the, you know, the, the bonus, the benefits of that. Yeah. Um, by really focusing on those things. And I think the people around me have too, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that I was going to say was that, um, you know, in the past when I'm having a hard time with anything, like I've never felt like I could have mm. my meltdown or my time to just right. be upset because it affected you so much to the point where you would just become passive and be like, well, that's something you just have to deal with to the point now where it's like when I'm feeling that way, like I actually feel loved and taken care of and like you, you make it a, an effort to like f try to figure out what's going on with me instead of just being like, well, I don't want to deal with that. That's kind of a disaster. <laughs> you just go over there. Yeah. And it was like, then it would just make me feel alone. And then my bitterness right. and anger towards you would just grow because I'm like, I'm not even like, I can't, I don't have anybody that I felt like was on my team. So just you taking that initiative to like, make sure that you're not being passive. It definitely has affected our whole our whole family like I feel like it's you know relationship with our kids better the relationship with your mom and your family and my family and just everyone around us like I feel like there's more communication that's coming up because before being part of being passive is like oh I just don't want to deal with that I don't <laughs> right. want to address it and just like literally we were like tripping over that rug that we kept brushing stuff under like <laughs> You know, we were like stumbling over it. Yeah, we'd and have so, to do that, like where they CrossFit, where they have to like like super jump really high on, on yeah, those obstacles. Like just that to was get us. over it. Over that rug, we had swept so much stuff yeah. under. Yeah. So now we're unpacking that rug, shaking it out, and it's just like it's, oh, we shook the crap out of that rug. <laughs> yeah, it's just a whole different um, level of, and obviously we're not at our endpoint like yeah. nowhere near our endpoint like yeah. we both there's still some still... stuff under that rug we're pulling out yeah like get a vacuum and get that thing steam cleaned yeah there might be like some dead rodents under there too <laughs> <laughs> some skeletons yeah. in the oh, closet man. that we have to pull out but um but yeah i thought that um that was a really cool thing for you to to bring up to me and when you said that i was like passive is a really good word that i think too many of us struggle with and so um it's not even just being passive in your relationships it's being passive with yourself it's being passive in your workplace it's being passive um in life in general and even with god and so um i, I think wanna, i think even you know we we can refer to walter from the big lebowski where he says you know i too dabbled in pacifism once not in nam of course but yeah yeah, I don't resonate with that, but that's good. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that you... Joel will get that if you listen to this, I'm Joel. Glad I'll you, make sure you do. I'm glad you found right. found something you can connect with, Yeah, with Lebowski. Big Lebowski. <laughs> everything goes back to Big Lebowski. <laughs> All right, so I think um, that with Lebowski ending <laughs> our conversation... Um, I think it would be awesome for you to just pray over people. Mm. Just 
just like, um, just if, if you're struggling with anything in your life that like you feel like you've just been kind of putting off or been passive about, um, I just pray that you, um, this, that this podcast can be, um, can reach your heart and give you a little bit of, um, insight as to like maybe what needs, like what the activity looks like so that you can be living instead of feeling like you're, you know, dying. So do you want to, sure. You want to pray? Yeah. Lord, I just, uh, I pray over everyone listening to this podcast that you can just touch their hearts. Um, I ask for enlightenment um, in their lives as to where they may be passive, where they may just be letting others walk all over them, or where they even may be letting life walk all over them personally, and just illuminate um, things that are going on within them that are not allowing them to grow um, spiritually, relationally, physically, emotionally. Um, Help them to realize the value that they have and the value that they can bring to others um, by engaging in an active lifestyle, um, in all fashions. Um, I I mean, just please give people the wisdom and the wherewithal, um, to step out of their victimhood, um, and step into a life of fulfillment and a life of value to realize the value that they have Um, for themselves, but then for the people around them, man, like you have created each one of us um, so uniquely and so individually um, to be able to speak into others around us. And so give people a voice, um, give people the ability to be heard and just to be able to speak into, even if it's one person, um, we can all make a difference um, by encouraging one person around us. And so I just ask for encouragement for everyone listening to this podcast. I hope you've been encouraged um, maybe to realize that you're not as big of a mess as you thought you were because you see how big of a mess the two of us are um, and that there's there's still light at the end of that tunnel. And so be encouraged today. Um, and man, I just I would pray that each one of you feels um, empowered to encourage someone else. Um, and that's that's a great step to being active in your life. It's just to tell someone, hey, good job. Hey, I see what you're doing, and I love that. Hey, I see what you're doing. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for what you do. Um, man, I, th- I think that would make a huge difference in this world. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for the difference that you've made, Lord, in my life personally, um, the wisdom you've given me, the vision, the the value that comes only from you um, and how you've overflowed in my life so that I can be um, an active participant in my own life and in my family's life. Uh, And then that I can encourage myself and them and that we can all grow together. Um, Yeah. And so I just want to say thank you um, for your son dying for us. And out of that, we can be empowered to grow those around us. Amen. Amen. All right, so now we will hear from our little people on the words of affirmation and the Bach flowers for this week. Whoop. What did I tell you you were going to do on my podcast? Oh, oh. What are they? No, no, do that. The Bach flowers. Mm-hmm.
Do the what? The Bach flower. It's a Bach flower. No idea what a Bach flower is. Really? Bach flower? Flower essences are exquisitely refined herbal infusions, acting as nature's liquid messengers of inner health and harmony. They are highly effective, non-toxic herbal preparations that address core issues of wellness, especially emotions, stress, mental attitudes, spiritual values, and life purposes. And life purpose. Bringing balance in these areas is a major factor in developing sound mind body health. These essences can be employed in a variety of contexts, from home health care to professional practice. Our flower essence to go along with the word passive is century. Patterns of imbalance, weak-willed, dominated by others, servile, Acting to please difficulty, saying no, fatigue in relating problems due to self-neglect. Positive qualities. Serving others from inner strength while nourishing one's own needs. Acting from strength of inner purpose, saying no when appropriate. I am the master of my life. I know my own needs. I share from my inner strength. I serve others by being true to myself. I serve others by my loving presence and energy. You're gonna do it. All right. Um, so James four seventeen says, "If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them." So that is our um, our scripture for the week to go along with the word passive. And that concludes our episode three. Woo! Um, thank you, Josh. For... Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yes, happy Valentine's Day. And don't make that Valentine's Day too big of a deal because it's just another day. Make yeah. sure to love each other every day. Don't go out to eat. It's a mess. Yeah. Just go the day after. <laughs> Good advice. Right. Or get um, take. we always get takeout on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And we have fun together at home. We do. So thank you for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being raw. And we hope to hear from you guys next week. Um, and we will be, um, I will be talking on the word labels next, year, next week. And we have a little surprise. Surprise. Also, leave a message um, in the Facebook or in the comments section if this has impacted you in any way or if you've felt... Um, compelled um or just you want to encourage us that'd be awesome too yeah so, we appreciate we it we love your feedback we'd love to hear from you yep thank you so much happy valentine's day peace <laughs>